How far can this Utah team go in 2022? We'll tell you right now. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube, as you can see today. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about just how far this Utah team can go. There's some high expectations, but we think that Utah can meet them. And what do I mean by we? Well, I have a special guest joining me today. My guest on the show is one of the hardest workers in the Utah media scene. We worked together for about five minutes on a little thing called short sports, which my time was even shorter than that. We also sat next to each other at graduation, funny enough. He led the Utah Chronicle and now is the head of Fan Nation All Utes. Please welcome Cole Bagley. Cole, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem, JT. Thanks thanks for uh, having me back on. It's been a while since I've been on Locked on Utes, but it's good to see the show's in good hands and to be back on. So thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, you're on with Brian a ton, and we're excited to get you rolling with what will be multiple experiences excuse me, (laughs) appearances as we get going into the fall. But so let's get into it. We're going to first topic we want to talk about today is how is can this Utah team win the Pac-12? And I'll go first. They can absolutely win the Pac-12, of course, as a team that won it last year and has a ton of guys returning. Get the returning quarterback. You get the returning running back. And we're actually going to touch on something with Tavion, who got named to a special awards. We spent the last few days talking about the awards, the preseason watch list awards that Cam has been racking up. This is one of the best tight end duos in the nation. Georgia fans might say otherwise. They might think they have the best. Of course, we here at Utah think we got those two guys. Devon Vele, of course, is going to really step up this year at the receiver spot. Cole, a guy you know very well. And defensively, yes, losing Devin Lloyd hurts. But I mean, I think a guy like Lander Barton is going to be the breakout player on this team. Junior Tufuna won Pac-12 Defensive Freshman of the Year a year ago. I expect Lander Barton to step in and win that award this year. There's some other really good, fun, and exciting linebackers on this team to go along with Karen A. Reed. We know how good Clark Phillips is. Already mentioned Junior Tufuna, Van Fillinger. This team is well coached. I think top to bottom, they have the star power. They have the best roster in the pack. And I expect them to repeat as Pac-12 champs down in Vegas later this year. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I mean, do I think that they're a lock for the, you know, to win the pack? Not exactly. It's going to be tough. You know, it's not going to be, you know, waltzing in. I don't expect them to, to blow out, um, you know, teams like USC or, or Oregon against, you know, again this year. Um, but I do expect them to be very good. And, and my expectation is a Pac-12 championship. Does that mean it's going to happen? Not necessarily. Um, like I was saying, it's going to be tough. There's there's a lot of good teams this year, um, just like there always is. But especially there's a really good team in Southern California um, who wasn't so good last year. You know, what they've been able to do in terms of the transfer portal, um, you know, the team that they've bought or excuse me, that they've built um, over there. Um, USC is looking good, um, and Oregon's going to compete every single year. Um, and I've actually been really impressed with what Arizona has been building. You know, they brought in, you know, a transfer from Washington state, Jane Delora, um, and, and their recruiting has actually been phenomenal. So not necessarily a team that's going to compete, but a team that could be a dark horse. You know, that's a team that I'm circling on my schedule and saying, we got to make sure we show up this game and that we're not upset. Right. That's a, that's a team that you, you know, if you overthink them or overlook them, 
they very well could beat you. Uh, they have some pretty good talent over there. So I know that, that kind of runs off on a whole bunch of tangents there, but that, you know, to, to answer the question, yes, Utah has the potential um, to do it. They should be the favorites to do it. Um, but it's a pretty, I'd say the margin for error is very slim and the teams that could compete alongside them, you know, USC, Oregon, maybe UCLA, it just kind of depends. Um, those teams aren't, aren't too far behind. Mm-hmm. No, 100% agree, especially with some of the things you mentioned about USC right there. And speaking of USC, I think that's a team that, you know, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Caleb Williams, these guys are really competitive. I think they want to win a Pac-12 championship before they exit the pack, which is something we've been talking about all week here on Locked On Utes is that eventual departure of UCLA and USC. But yeah, I think that teams are going to be hungry and all it takes is those slip up games, kind of like you mentioned. And that's going to be in our next segment, we're going to talk about can this team make the college football playoff? And that's something where your margin for error is even slimmer. I mean, college football by far has the slimmest margins when it comes to postseason play. I mean, you lose two games and you're out of any kind of football college football playoff contention and even having multiple losses in your regular season can make it hard sometimes to make your conference championship depending on the kind of year it is and I I think you're absolutely right talking about some of those things and you mentioned like the kind of the the, what this team is going to need to do in terms of the consistency as well but who are the couple of the guys on this team that you kind of expect to step up and help them reach that goal of another Pac-12 championship? Yeah, I mean, kind of what you were talking about earlier before I answered that question, um, They a lot of guys returned. Um, a lot of very high-quality, high-production type players. You know, Obviously, you lost some some notable names. You know, you lost Devin Lloyd. That one hurts. That one stings. You're not going to replace Devin this season. But you've got some guys that aren't too far off that have the potential to reach that. And what, I, what I'm really impressed with and what makes me feel like Utah really can repeat as Pac-12 champions is the depth of each and every single position group. I really don't see a group that's weak. You know, I, I, I would argue, too, that this team might have the most depth overall in each group than any other team we've ever seen before. Um, but to answer your question, guys that I think are ready to kind of step up to that next level, uh, my guy, Krenne Reed, I think he's ready to take it, you know, to that next step. What we saw from him last year was phenomenal. You know, a walk-on. Uh, freshman who came in uh, right from the bat and showed that he can play at this level and consistently performed. I think he is ready now to take, you know, I mean, he, he's the projected number one linebacker. And so he's going to have to, whether or not, um, whether or not the, you know, he's quite ready for it. He's going to be in that leadership position. He's going to be in that starting role. And, but I do expect that he is ready and I expect him to take a pretty big jump in terms of production. Um, you know, maybe a top, top five, top three contributor in terms of tackles. Um, Cole Bishop is another name that comes to mind. You know, I wrote an article earlier today about him. and You know, he led all true freshmen last year on the team with 54 tackles and was also sixth on the team overall in terms of tackles. He's now going to be starting from the beginning. So the sky's the limit for that kid. He very well could be the leading tackler on the whole team. You know, he's just a guy that, that gets himself gets himself involved um, and plays really tough. And a name that you mentioned as well, Devon Bailey, you know, he what he showed us during spring being able to watch him at a couple media practices and then uh in, in a closed scrimmage cam is looking his direction a lot um i don't know if it was just kind of uh, spur of the moment thing like we just maybe saw a whole bunch of 
consistent reps that he was looking his direction, but I expect him to get up there. Uh, I don't know about a thousand yards, just given how many uh, receiving weapons there are on this team. It's hard to get touches. Like you think of a guy like Drake London last year, he had like 88 receptions. So of course he's going to go for a thousand yards. I don't know that Devon's going to see near 80. I hope that he sees close to 50, you know, if he can see close to 50 and if he can get, you know, between 15 to 20 yards per catch, Maybe he gets there, um, but we'll see. But those those are kind of three big names that come to mind of guys that are really ready to to break out, to get to that next level. They showed really good things last year, and now I expect them to take that next step. And that was something that people were all talking about last year as well, as we look at guys like Devin Lloyd and some of the players on this team. But it's also like, man, look at how many of these guys are going to that are contributing that are so young, like the Tafunas, Van Fillingers, you just talked about Cole, mm-hmm. Reed, all those guys. And then you get some of the surprises as well, like people didn't know if we're going to get Dalton Kincaid and Brant Keithy back. Utah fans get both of them back. So such a huge thing for this team. And yeah, you mentioned the depth as well. I just think this team has the depth and versus it's hard to build a program in your very first year, which is, I think is something USC and Oregon, the two biggest threats on paper to this Utah team are kind of going to struggle with. You don't see a lot of teams win their win their conference in the very first year. So it's something that Utah has the edge and is the consistency. We know coach Whittingham can get it done year in and year out. So we're going to talk. We both think Utah can win the PAC 12. We're going to see, talk about if we think they can make the college football playoff then in just a moment. But first want to tell you guys about an offer going on from, our great sponsor, Built Bar. From the people who invented the healthy and t- tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built built Bar flavor you love is in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are here for a limited kind time go to built.com now make sure you don't miss out they're going fast because they taste amazing delicious coconut rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow stop fantasizing get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now built bar one of the best in the game you know they got they always have great flavor as well as a great product that's going to help you guys stay ready in whatever you're doing and gives you the taste you like as well so go to built.com use promo locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order using promo locked 15 which NFL stars moved the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet, Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. So, both things you talk and win the Pac 12. The question then can they make the college football playoff? I talked about it a little bit earlier. The margin for that is extremely slim. We have never seen a two-loss team make it into the college football playoff. So it's extremely difficult to do that. It really is. You have to be a one-loss. You don't have to win your conference championship game, but you have to be perfect pretty much going into that. And in the case of a team like Utah, where the Pac-12 is not going to be as strong as the SEC, the Big Ten, some of these other conferences, you're going to get dinged if you don't win that. So it does put some of the pressure on this Utah team to be a little bit more Perfect, but it's a team that's also in good position to do so as they're only not favored in two games this coming season. It's not the USC game because Utah gets to host that one, which is a big advantage this year. It's the game at Florida to open the season, which, I mean, I was listening to Billy Napier a little bit yesterday, and even he sounds, he's excited for this opportunity, but he stressed it's going to take time to 
build this program into something, which I think if you're going to play a team like Florida in the year, especially in the swamp, the best time to get them is the very first game. New culture being installed, lots of new pieces, transfers coming in. So I really think that's a game that Utah can win there. And then the game in Oregon later in the season, once Dan Lanning has kind of put his footprint on that program, Bo Nix is one of the most hit and miss quarterbacks in college football. So it's going to be interesting to see at well what he brings. But those are the two games that Utah is the only ones they're not favored in. So in terms of projecting them their season, there's a really good chance they're a one-loss conference champion, which there's never been a one-loss conference champion that hasn't gotten into the college football playoffs. So I absolutely believe this Utah team can make the college football playoff. Cole, how do you feel about them? Yeah, I think so too. Um, Just based off some of the things that I'm hearing and seeing, you know, I think Cam Rising is going to have a phenomenal season. Um, He was very good last year. I expect him to be excellent this year. Um, I, I'd like to see him, you know, get close to a a minimum of 25 touchdowns is, is where he is, where he should be. Um, I'm hoping that he's somewhere between 25 and 30. I'd also like to see, you know, close to 2,500, maybe 3000 yards. Um, And they definitely have the receiving targets to do it. Um, The college football playoff is going to be a tough thing to get to. Like you said, we haven't seen a team with two losses make it. And there's four games on Utah's schedule um, that could potentially be troublesome. Um, just like you said, Florida, that's a tough one. I love it. I mean, I love the fact that Utah has the confidence and they want to show the world what they're made of by going in week one and playing an SEC team on their home field. That's a tough thing to do. doesn't matter who the SEC team is. Yeah. Is, is Florida a top SEC team? No, they're not right now. But they're still an SEC team. They're still a national championship program. And they still get, you know, a lot of the top recruits in the nation. And so why – but what makes that difficult is it's game one. It doesn't matter how good you are. Game one, I've heard from a lot of the players, the toughest game of the year is often the first game because you're figuring each other out. You're trying to figure out the chemistry. You're trying to figure out, you know, how you play off of each other, how you play together, you know, what plays work. Um, and it's, you're not really in a rhythm yet, right? I mean, Utah showed last year what rhythm looks like. You know, they went, they won a whole bunch of games in a row and it was really tough to stop them. Um, and so Florida is a game for me. That's going to be tough. Um, I, I, I think the youths can come out on top of that one, but if they lose week one, it shouldn't surprise anybody because it's week one and it's an sec team. So Florida is one to, to keep an eye on the other, you know, the other three games, it's going to be UCLA, USC and Oregon. I, I mentioned those programs earlier. Those are all, those are the programs that I really think could, could also be, you know, um, playing for a Pac-12 championship this year. And I, I saw an article the other day talking about if UCLA is going to compete for a Pac-12 championship, they obviously don't have very much time left to do it, but it's going to be this year, right, with their quarterback situation. DTR, he's looking good. I was looking over his stats last year. He was phenomenal. He, mm-hmm. he I think he had almost 2,500 yards passing, and he also had 30 touchdowns combined through passing and on the ground. He is very good, and he didn't play against Utah last year. That's the one game that he missed. So what is he capable of when he plays the Utes? We'll see. The other two games, like I said, USC and Oregon. Uh, USC is just going to be tough. That program is looking scary good. Yes, chemistry is going to take time. A lot of their stars are pretty young, but they are loaded right now, and they have a great coach. And then Oregon. Bonix 
he's interesting. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's hit or miss. Um, he's looked really good before, and then last year, not so much. Um, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised. You know, Utah plays Oregon later in the season, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bonex doesn't turn out and Oregon pulls the plug on that and, you know, you're playing a, a freshman quarterback. They got a lot of good freshman quarterbacks there, and uh, we'll see how that ends up going. But those, to me, are the four games that Utah's got to, you know, really circle. If they can win three out of those four games, they absolutely should be in the college football playoff. Um, you know, if they can emerge with a one loss, whether that's to Florida, whether that's the Oregon, USC, you know, whatever, they should make it. And I think they can. You know, I, I don't see – I think the floor for this team is two, maybe three losses. Mm-hmm. The ceiling, they very well could go undefeated. Um, mm-hmm. they, have the, they have the potential to do so, but it's going to take it's going to take a lot. You know, they can't have any of those slip-ups. And occasionally Utah has found themselves in situations where they slipped up. So I know that's a long answer, but the short, short version, yes, it's just going to be hard, and they need to circle those four teams and make sure that they show up on those days. I 100% agree with everything you said. And I'll even going back to something you said earlier, Utah hasn't lost at home in a very long time. So if the season's all going well, then you get that game versus Arizona. Kind of, you talked about a little bit of a trap game. It's got to be, got to be ready for that. So there's always those games that can sneak up on you there. And you made a great point talking about Oregon too. I mean, that was a team last year. Look, that was a very strange how everything ended for them. The way that it was still weird to just to go out with almost a non-fight against Utah. Utah really punched him yeah. in the mouth. But to see no response was very surprising from a team that's built on toughness by Mario Cristobal last year, who he was one foot out the door, at least that's how it seemed. But one of the other issues with that Oregon team I'll bring up as well was Anthony Brown. He was a guy that was really yeah. up and down. There were some games it was like, man, he looks great. And then other games like, why is he out here? So maybe if they pull the plug on him a little bit earlier last year, their season turns out a little bit. And you mentioned those talented freshmen. Sometimes it can be really good to let them come in and get that playing time. Right. Like a guy in Bo Nix, who as a freshman, his very first ever game was versus Oregon at AT&T Stadium. So kind of funny when mm-hmm. things come full circle like that. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see. In terms of, so we expect Utah to be the main team out of the Pac-12 that's kind of vying for that. And then if you look across the other conferences, the ones that stand out to me is, of course, Ohio State, the team that Utah went head-to-head with. I expect them to be back there. I don't ex- – Michigan State, I think they're a little overhyped. I think, you know, lead, lead your, lose your leading rusher, Kenneth Walker. We'll be interested to see what Mel Tucker's team does, even though I think he's a great coach. Jim Harbaugh's Michigan, you lose your top two edge guys. Both would have been lottery – not excuse me, not lottery, watching too much NBA stuff. Both would have been high picks if it wasn't for the injury that David Ajabu suffered. So I think that Ohio State will take it out, the Big Ten. I think – I don't expect the Big 12 to have a team in this year. I think it's really hard in your first year if you're Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel is a good quarterback coming over from UCF, but he's coming off an injury. We'll see with Brett Venables. He's getting a lot of his guys in there the first year. Some people even like Texas. And look, Quinn and Hours is a good quarterback. I'm not ready to anoint a team that hasn't done something they've ever done. So let's look and see first what they can do. So then you go to the ACC. I expect a bounce back from Clemson. And then the other one for me is, of course, you go over the SEC, the big one being Alabama. I mean, they have two two guys who are going to go in the top three next year. Willie Anderson's arguably the best player on defense. Bryce Young is coming off a Heisman campaign, so we know what he's capable of. Georgia, look, a lot of people expect Georgia to be right back there. Personally, I want to see it first when you lose that much talent. 
talent on defense. They haven't made the playoffs in back-to-back years under Kirby Smart. So I'd like to see them do that first before we automatically assume, oh, they'll be back. And I'm still not the biggest Stepson Bennett guy. I think in an era where we've seen great college quarterbacks win the college football playoff, Stepson Bennett is the worst of that bunch. He's a fine quarterback, but I just don't see him as a repeat guy. So it'll be interesting to see if that team can reach back to that point. And the last one I'll throw in there for me is Notre Dame. But I think it's really hard, once again, in your first year, like Marcus Freeman's in, even though I think he's an outstanding coach too, to do it again. So in the end, I expect Utah to be right in play for those final four. Were there any other teams, Cole, that you think are big threats kind of to the playoff outside of Utah? I mean, Michigan. Um, I think they're, they're someone that you have to, to bring up, you know, what they did last year. I don't think they lost too much of their talent. So I, I would expect them to, to produce maybe a similar season. I don't know if I would quite deem them a top four team, but certainly top 10, you know, maybe top eight, maybe creeping a little bit higher. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they're the first team out, right? Maybe they're number five or six. Uh, Texas A&M is getting a lot of love um, from, you know, a national media standpoint. Um so, you know, just a team to kind of keep on your radar. But I, I agree with you. I think you're going to be looking at Alabama. I think Ohio State, Clemson, I expect a pretty – and Clemson didn't even have that bad of a season. I think mm-hmm. they were, what, 10-3? and three? Like, a yeah. three-loss season, like, that's like – man, I would love if Utah's bad year was a three-loss year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that would be – that would be, a, you know, a nice – a good problem to have. Um, and then Georgia has a question mark. They did lose mm-hmm. a lot of the guys that made that team special, but – they're good. And the SEC, normally you, you're you usually dealing with two SEC teams in the top four. It's happened a lot of the time, but you're also usually dealing with, with the Clemson um, as of late. So we'll just kind of see. Um, but those, to me, I'm kind of looking at Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. Um, but I think, I think if anybody's the dark horse in the whole country, I think it's Utah. Um, I'm not going to chalk it up and say, yes, Utah is going to be in the college football playoff. I'm going to say they have the potential to get there. If they can get out of the, their, they can get out of the regular season. Um, I guess get out of the Pac-12 championship with just one loss. They are a team that I think would go in at four. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think they're absolutely a contender for it. And it's going to be interesting to watch this season play out because there's not a lot of years. There's maybe years where some Utah fans were like, Oh, I think this team can do it, but there seems to be, a a consensus amongst a lot of Utah fans that that is within reach this year, which is something that hasn't really been the case, at least when the preseason really started, in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to talk about a guy in Tavion Thomas getting some more award recognition in a moment, but want to take an opportunity to talk to you guys about intercap lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs. Intercap gets deals done. Quick and simple process. Intercap closes loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On's founder, David Locke. And let's be honest, if Steve can help keep David on track through the entire process, Steve can help anyone. Although Intercap is now is new to Locked On Utes and the Cougars, it's not new Intercap has been assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978, 43 years in total of experience. And Steve Carter has provided Locked On listeners with the best experience since 2018. Give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. NMLS number is 190465. That's Intercap Lending. All right. 
So for Utah, it's been a good week for Cam Rising. Maxwell Award, Davey O'Brien Award. It's been a fun one, but there's also someone else who got named to the Maxwell Award. And that's Kavion Thomas, who was named to the 2022 Doak Walker Award watch list. And this isn't a surprise. There's 70 names in total on this list. And of course, the guy who was the top running back in the Pac-12 a year ago is going to get this distinction and honor. But I so more so want to use it on just to get as a reason to talk about Tavion and the kind of season we expect him to have again. It took him a little bit to kind of sort out those fumbling issues as a lot of the Utah running backs struggled with last year. But when it came together, man, did it came together. And that him paired with that. The thing I like the most about Tavion is I think he has really good vision, and when he hits a hole, he just explodes. He's also pretty strong. You don't see him get taken down by arm tackles, which is a large reason whenever there was a hole created by that offensive line last year, a lot of time it led to touchdowns. And we saw him have two games with over three touchdowns last year, of course, the memorable one at Stanford, and that UCLA one as well. So we know he's explosive. He's the guy right now going into games. We'll see guys like Jalen Glover, Makai Bernard can still contribute, but he's the unquestioned number one at the moment, and I think there's a really good reason he's on this list yeah he, he absolutely deserves to be on the list um i expect him uh, at a minimum to be a top 10 guy by the end of the season uh potentially top five um he he is a special breed of running back i think because of his size um he reminds me a lot of actually derrick henry um i think just uh-huh. because of his ability to create holes for himself this is a guy that blasts through the trenches who blasts through defenders he is I mean, multiple times, you can recall last year, it takes three or four guys to stop Tavion at times because mm-hmm. he is so strong, he's so driven, um, and he packs a punch. You know, he's not a guy he's not a guy that I would ever have wanted to, to match up against. I mean, this guy just, he is a wrecking ball, and he is a gigantic wrecking ball. Um, I, you know, looking, looking back at last season, you know, he, he struggled out of the gate, right? He was brand new to the program. I think his confidence was shaken a little bit early on. He sat a couple games, then he comes back, and he finishes as the best running back in the Pac-12 and one of the best in the entire country. So I, I expect if he, which he he didn't have any any um, fumbles, you know, after early on in the, in the year, right? So if if ball security is not an issue for Tavion and his confidence remains high. This is a guy that could go for 25 to 30 rushing touchdowns. Um, It's just – it is what it is. And maybe 1,500 yards. Um, I think he has that in him just given what he did in not as many starts, right? I mean, he started the last nine games straight. He scored a touchdown each and every one of those games, multiple games with, you know, uh, three three plus touchdowns. You know, that Stanford performance was just uh, absolutely ridiculous. I don't expect that every game. But I think it would be fair to say Tavion might – he could be close, I think, to averaging two plus touchdowns a game. Um, it just depends on uh, how much the the receivers are utilized and what Cam Rising is able to do. But Utah is still going to run the football. You have to run the football, especially with this running this running group that they have. It should be a three headed monster, just like it was last year. Obviously, Tavion's going to be one. I expect Jalen Glover. I expect Jalen Glover to be number two. And then Makai Bernard, three. And I think it's going to be a three-headed beast, just like it was with TJ Pledger last year. You're going to get a ton of yards from this group, a ton of touchdowns, and they're going to tire defenses out because no matter who is on the field, what down, they're going to, they're going to cause problems. They're going, to, they're going to move the chains, and they're going to be a tough unit to stop. 
Yeah, it is going to be a fun three-headed monster to watch as you were talking about. And yeah, Tavion is going to and has a chance to have a great season. And you mentioned those yards, 1,500 very well in reach for him. I think the biggest reason he came back is because you just mentioned 1,000 yard, 1,500 yards in general. He wants to boost those receiving yards. He only had three receiving yards last year, which if you're trying to make it to the next level as an NFL back, you got to boost those numbers in the passing. So I'm sure that's something he's been in coach Ludwig's year about it as well as trying to get more involved in that. But you mentioned there's some other really talented receiving backs as well in this roster. I mean, talking about the Rose bowl, Makai Bernard had probably the best catch we saw from a Utah running back last year. And a guy like Jalen Glover, who I think is just going to excel in any asset of the game, as you've kind of talked about Cole and yeah, he's going to be a special player, but big honors for Tavion. And speaking of that Rose bowl, Cole, I know you talked with one of the breakout stars from that Rose bowl recently in Bryson Barnes and you and Devon Vele, as well as he was on Devon Vele's podcast. What do you think of Bryson? Yeah. So um, I had an opportunity to talk with Bryson during spring camp. And then recently just chatted with Devon about um, kind of, Bryson's development. We did a mailbag uh, session for Devon. So some fans threw in some questions and uh, a question uh, came up about Bryson and, and um, Devon just talked a lot about how he's developing uh, before I get into that. Um, it's crazy what happened in that game. Um, nobody really knew who Bryson Barnes was. They didn't know where he was from. Turns out he's a walk-on. He comes in, he orchestrates an incredible drive down the field, throws a 15 yard touchdown pass to Dalton Kincaid, ties the game up. Obviously, Utah loses, but it was just kind of like, what just happened? Um, and then talking to him about the experience was 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 incredible during during spring. Um, and, and he was a popular guy. You know, a lot of people were wondering, okay, who is this kid, right? I mean, you, you can't help but ask that question when, when a walk-on from Southern Utah comes into the game and looks like a veteran quarterback. Um, and, and watching him during the spring – during uh, media availabilities, uh, close scrimmage, and then, of course, the spring game, I was blown away. Um, you know, Utah's quarterback room is getting deeper. Um, they've got a lot of talent in there. you got Jaquin and Jackson. You've got four-star Nate Johnson. You've got a commit, a three-star, almost four-star commit in Mac Howard next year. And then um, Brandon Rose, who's in the room as well, three-star, three-star quarterback. This might be the deepest the room has ever been. Um and people are questioning, well, how good is Bryson? My own opinion, I think he's going to be number two. I think this is going to be the guy that wins um, the backup spot behind Cam. Obviously, you hope that Bryson doesn't really have to see the field outside of maybe a blowout situation where you need to throw him in for some reps. I don't want to see Bryson in a situation like the Rose Bowl again. I trust him if he if he has to go in, but I don't want to see him simply because I don't want Rising to get hurt. And I also don't want us in, you know, to be in that situation where we're depending on anybody but Rising this year. Rising's the guy, and he's the guy that's going to take the youth to the promised land again. But Bryson is is fantastic. I think, and, and speaking with Devon, he said he has come so far. And to quote him, he said he is looking really damn good. That instills a lot of confidence. Um, so just kind of going based off what Devon, you know, what I, what I had heard from Devon and what I'm hearing from some other sources and whatnot. I think Bryson's going to win QB two, um, and I think he is a formidable quarterback to be able to do so. He's he. I think he's a better passer than Jaquin and Jackson. I do think Jaquin's a better athlete, but Bryson shows that he can run. He can move the ball with his legs, and he's not afraid. Devon also said something to me as well. He's like Bryson wrestled in high school, and you can tell. He said he was taking tackles and hits, and he and he and Devon said I thought to myself, 
there's no way this guy's a quarterback. Um, so I, I would say don't sleep on Bryson Barnes. He is a very gifted quarterback with an incredible work ethic. He's had to work for everything that has been presented to him. And I wouldn't – I expect him to be QB2 this year. And maybe, you know, moving forward, don't be surprised if we maybe see him as the guy after rising leaves. That would be – and you mentioned all the talent kind of coming up and some of those really high recruits as well. So that would really be something. But it's also something where Utah fans, if Cam Good does go down or maybe he needs to take a couple of series off, gets evaluated for a concussion or something, Utah fans don't have to panic because you got a guy in Jaquindon who's going to come in in some of those packages probably in the red zone like he did last year and can still get things done. And a guy in Bryson Barnes who – a lot of times when backup quarterbacks come in, we ask, is the moment too big for them? Well, when you come into a situation like that in the Rose Bowl and do what he did, then I think you're ready for just about anything. So I think that's really true. And when you get the confidence from a guy in Devon like that, it's absolutely huge. And I mentioned earlier, I thought Lander was going to be the breakout on this team, especially on the defensive side. If you're looking at the offensive side, I think that's Devon as well. And he's in for a huge season. And yeah, it's going to be fun to see what the future for this Utah team holds in terms of that quarterback position. And speaking of futures, Cole, kind of tell everyone what you have coming up with Fan Nation Utes. Yeah, we got a lot um, We got a lot going on. Uh, we've been doing a lot of podcasts with these guys. We've got a couple uh, NIL deals going on with Crane Reed, Jalen Glover, Devon Bailey. So we've been releasing podcasts uh, every week uh, during the course of the summer. We're also going to be sponsoring uh, a golf event um, next Saturday, so the 30th of July. Uh, it's called Across the Green. We've got about 25 Utah players, guys included. Um, Cam Rising, um, Crenny Reed, Devon Vele, I believe Cole Bishop, a couple other big names um, that are going to be uh, – or fans can, can purchase uh, tickets to golf with these Utah football players. Like I said, there's about 25 guys. I believe the deal is you pay 300 bucks for a group of four, and then you get to, um, you get to choose – uh, or excuse me, a, a player is chosen for you that you get to go ahead and golf with. Uh, so should be a great time. Should be a lot of fun, especially with fall camp uh, less than two weeks away, which I can't believe we're even saying that. Um, but it should be a lot of fun to kind of get uh, what I've really loved about these NIL deals is it kind of gives you a chance to get to know these guys on a deeper level, right? They're, they're no longer just a name and a number on the field that's beneath the helmet. You know, they're, they're a human being with interests and passions outside of football, uh, you know, some of these guys are married. Some of these guys are having babies. Like, it's just so fun to get to know who they are on a personal level because it actually it makes me appreciate who they are in the field even more. So, yeah, a lot to look forward to. Like I said, we've got our podcast on the Fan Nation All Youth channel. Uh, you guys can check that out. And then, like I said, we're going to be sponsoring that golf event across the green, which you guys can uh, find on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and they're still taking signups. So run on over there, sign up, and golf with, you know, your favorite youths. Yeah, that once again, like Cole said, across the green and go check out those podcasts as well. These guys are obviously great players and they have some amazing stories to tell as well from the experiences throughout their life and, of course, during their times as a youth. Make sure you guys go check out Cole at, on Twitter. It's at Bagley underscore Cole. I'm JT Wistersill. My Twitter is at JT Wistersill. Make sure you guys follow our Locked On Twitter channel as well, at Locked On Utes. Before you guys jump off, we once again thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. But if you guys are looking for a second listen every day, make sure you check out Locked On Pack 12 Make it your second listen every day as host Spencer McLaughlin and local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen. We will be back tomorrow with our Friday show. Big thanks to Cole Bagley for one 
once again joining us. Have a great Thursday, Utah fans.